Welcome to Tea with Culture with Hin Mizena and Wael Hattar. Uh, this is the Dubai International Film Festival uh, Daily Diary. Uh, in this episode, we're covering day five and six. Uh, this episode was recorded on the 15th of December. Hey, Wael. Hello and good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on who listens yes. to this one. I mean, I think film festival fatigue has started to set in. That's why we didn't have a chance to record yesterday. Um, let's just say it was more about the amount of films you had to watch and no time to record. But we do actually have come with you with about eight films to talk about today uh, and still more to come uh, in the next couple of days. We'll start off with a musical collection of uh, documentaries. One is Yellow Underground, which is kind of talks about the... the I guess the the work, the the music, and all the all kind of the the, the youth or the underground music around the revolution for the past few years, and then as well compare it to um, documentary of uh, songs of Lahore, not necessarily compare it to, but also documentary about music in in Pakistan. So, do you want to start with the songs of Lahore? Um, yeah, song of Lahore. It's one song. Yeah, song of Lahore. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it's it's quite a beautiful documentary. I think if uh, people might be familiar with the musicians in it, because uh, a year or so ago there was a clip that went viral of a recording of David Brubeck's uh, Take Five, but it was in the style of uh, traditional. Um, uh, musical instruments from Pakistan. So, if you've seen that video, these are the musicians um, covered mm-hmm. it, it, that are a star in this documentary. And it's quite beautiful because it talks about like the, they all have this, you know, all the the crafts of uh, yes. playing music and making instruments, and how they're not appreciated in their own uh, country or in their own city, and how things have changed obviously in, in Pakistan over you know you know many decades where there was an appreciation of uh, music and arts mm-hmm. and culture, and and you know these few men who carry on doing what they're doing, you know they don't necessarily make money, but they're trying to pass on their knowledge and and uh, and music to either their children or to anyone else that's I mean, interested. I mean, I mean, um, traditional music is still there and instruments still there. I guess you're talking about more of the kind of reincorporation of things like jazz and contemporary well, stuff. I mean, the reason they started jazz is to get younger audience to okay. listen to them because no one's listening to the old uh, right. classical music. Except for weddings and things. Exactly. So they said, let's you know, let's bring in jazz, and that's what that's what started that. And then obviously got really popular, and uh, you know, got covered on BBC. Then they were invited to play in the Lincoln Center mm-hmm. in New York. So it's quite beautiful. So there's lots of there is a bit of there's some heartache and heartbreak, uh, but there's also you know positivity and there's uplifting, and it was it was quite beautiful. And you know, there was ten minutes of them playing in Lincoln Center in New York and uh, and it was quite beautiful to see like you know I kind of teared up just to see the, the joy on their face that they're playing you know in, in front of an audience that really appreciates them because they haven't played in a concert venue to such a big crowd before. It's true and they've been actually playing with people who are kind of technically and uh, musically masterful I mean I just was looking over your shoulder and saw just a quick glimpse of uh, Wynton Marcellus and I'm like wait is that him and so it's, it's that level of, of uh, I guess greatness that they are uh, working alongside. To clarify why Well was looking over my shoulders because we were watching this film at the Cinetech, so I didn't get to see this on the big screen. Uh, but if you did, it, I'm sure it would have was much more joyful. There was one one screening already took place on the 14th, and it was followed by a live. Uh, concert featuring some of the musicians i heard great things about it that night and uh, there's a screening on the last day at 245 so if you do have a chance to go and see it last day is wednesday which is tomorrow tomorrow that's true and the other one we saw was uh, yellow underground as well again this is something that did play on the beach uh, a lot of times they with, with these free screenings it just tries to get kind of a larger audience to, to understand and absorb which is which is a very positive thing i think so with yellow underground 
it, the, the film uh, covered over like four or five years uh, of different musicians from Egypt and Jordan and Palestinian territories and Israel and Lebanon and kind of really giving you an, an overall arching look of the situation before the uh, uprising and and after it and, and within and how these kind of youth do try to communicate musically uh, about the, their ideas whether it's political or just uh, eth- ethnological is that a technical term I can use in this situation um, and so, so some of them I actually do know from either working with them in the industry or just going to their concerts so it was, it was, it was great seeing uh, kind of uh, a properly edited relook at uh, that kind of stuff, which is why I appreciate documentaries that give you a little bit more than just naming uh, naming uh, whoever is happening. Yeah, um, I mean, I was curious to know, like, if there was no Arab uprising happening mm. during the filming, what kind of film this would have been. Like, uh, I mean, but that's the point. I mean, I mean the Arab the upri- it wasn't about the uprising. Itself. It wasn't. I mean, it didn't start off as that. Yes. You know, because it starts off in the year two thousand and nine, yeah. and then the uprising happens. But to be fair, in our region, there's going to be some sort of uprising somewhere anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, oh, yeah, I was introduced to a couple of acts I wasn't familiar with before. I mean, yes, Zaid me, Ham- me too. Zaid Hamdan was obviously, I think, the main feature. You know, what did they refer to him as the Godfather of. Uh, indie or underground music in Lebanon or some I don't know uh, but yeah I mean again it starts off with you know I think the idea that you know we want to do our own thing and express our um, express ourselves and uh, be different to the previous generations so yeah. uh, and you know there is interesting music and I mean, it was good it was fun and mm. uh, but there was this kind of like it's because I mean, it can only you can only link to it being political just because it's in this part of the world, and just like, I don't know, did it yeah, end with you, hope or you, you know, is it depressing? Yes, <laughs> if you want to talk about musically, the, the only thing that kind of brought me down was the fact that a lot of it is kind of subgenreing something you've already heard. And yeah, that's a little bit kind of. I mean, I guess a few of them uh, have have gotten to a level musically where they can create something mm. new, even for us as, mm-hmm. uh, but. Taking taking a style or a genre that's kind of known in Arabic mm. and in, in, in English or in any West, other yeah. what the Western world, and then kind of transcribing it to fit in the the Ar- just having Arabic words in it, that's not enough. Yeah, because I was thinking like there wasn't enough uh, like original. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't anything super original, mm. uh, but it was good to, li- to listen to Arabic lyrics, for yeah. example, and you know expressing and uh, y- y- you know hopes and fears mm. and concerns in in, uh, in Arabic because we don't hear that much. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah. You know. We, amongst, yeah. uh, can, you know, uh, young musicians. Actually, uh, having said that, a couple of them did do their music in English, and, and there was a little bit more contemporary, mm. because they didn't have to just uh, equalize that. So hopefully mm. we'll get to a point where it would be Arabic as well as contemporary, mm. rather mm. than one or the other. Do you think there's a soundtrack for this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be. Some of the, some mm. of the stuff, even though like, I am kind of critiquing it, but it was actually still quite interesting, mm. talking mm. on a larger level. You can still catch it uh, one, once more on, on Wednesday, uh, the last day. And moving from our musical uh, selection into a a sad, sad song, which is The Mountain Cry, a Chinese film um, we both caught, which is more of a, uh, I guess, a a, a general popular film. So I think it it would go down well with with international audiences. Um, Well-crafted. He's he's one of those younger generation of of directors coming from uh, a combination of both uh, Chinese but international education and influence. Um, so it was it was really well done, and it was very very sad, like a notebook kind of. If you want to compare it to anything like that, that kind of tear jerker, broken heart, and I quite enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I liked it. I've not seen the note mm. book, but yeah, it was sad. But it, I know, it just kind of made me. Think I'm not comparing it to film. I'm comparing yeah, it to, to the sadness. The sadness. Uh, yeah, it was sad, and there was a twist. Although I had like another twist going on through my head. I'm not going to share, but I told you, and I'm yeah. like, oh, what if it, that you know if that happened? What? Let's not dwell. Would have been a much darker <laughs> film. Really but yeah, it was it was all right. I think uh, one of those kind of you know, I think lots of people would like it. I yeah. think even my mom would like it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, mom but not, cry nothing. Cry. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love it as much as I wanted to. I think going in, but yeah, it's it was a good film. I mean, it was very, you know, very, yeah, very well done film, very well yeah. told story. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing how the book would have been as well. In That's right, because it is based on a book. So yeah. Anyway, all right. So Mountain Cry, the next one we're going to talk about Paulina. Yes, uh, Ninja. Argentinian film that's a remake from a 60s Argentinian film and the, the director quickly introduced the film telling us that he's added some pseudo-political points to it to kind of keep it contemporary which to be honest I thought hindered the film I mean you have the film which is a which is a story about kind of attack and, and, and women's issues in a sense, but then you well, have all these layers of politics that I thought the film was reaching too much. But it wasn't women issues. I mean, she was raped. So I, I don't know how the '60s was. Was it about abortion? Was it about so on and so forth? I'm just saying it could have been yeah. that point. But um, here we have this plus the uh, poverty level, plus the South American uh, uh, current economic struggle, plus plus plus. I'm saying I think he was he added so many things that he, he in the end answered none of them, or even didn't raise enough questions or dialogue. I don't know. I mean, I. I I would only look at this film as a standalone. With no, I find I know it's a remake, but I have no idea what was in okay. the original one, and I don't. You know, wouldn't be fair to do too much comparison, Fine. and then you know, it would be good to look at this standalone. Okay. So, so standalone, the, yeah. it it had too many points, and mm. in the end, didn't uh, convey or discuss any of them properly. Too many things. Um, I know. I disagree with that. Okay. I mean, again, without trying to spoil the plot line for mm. anyone who hasn't seen it, you know, fine. I mean, the, the rape scene is, is mentioned in the description I think so um, and you know and what happens after that but I think it's her personality and how you know she comes from a privileged background and she wants to work in you know she's kind of helping uh, she goes out I don't know was in the countryside or village and she, you know she she's there to teach but then obviously this sexual assault happens and 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 I think anyone else would go, yeah, it would be reported, and she knows who did it, but she doesn't, and why doesn't she do that? And, and that's what I found interesting, and, and her reasoning behind it, and, you know, and then her relationship with her father, who wants, you know, he wants to protect her because he's so her father. And he's, yeah, instead of kind of telling the whole story, was, this, was the film complete for you? Uh, I think it, it ends with, you know, unanswered questions, which is fine. We, we don't mind films yeah, ending no, no, of like that. Yeah. Was it complete? You walked up thinking, oh, this is a very good film, I'm going to recommend it to people. Uh, yes, I did walk out thinking it's okay. a good film and I'd recommend it to people. And bearing in the, I think there were very complex emotions and questions and hard questions to answer, and and that's I think what made it um, interesting okay. for me. And um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely one I would uh, recommend. Okay, um, like I said, for for me okay. it it, it felt work. kind of uh, uh, lost in translation. I think they would have either had a, had to maybe make it a little bit longer study a few things more or just kind of reduce some of the points that are that are in there um, versus a straightforward story which is Parisienne which I, which I, which I saw from uh, um, director Danielle Arbid it's her uh, I guess third view but at least for us uh, uh, Arab film and though it was this is kind of a point that she made in, in the talk it's, it's mostly filmed in France about a girl studying, in, studying for a university there so is it a French film is it an Arab film that's interesting you, we finally get stories that aren't necessarily your typical mm. um, 
uh, Arabic movies when it's an independent film rather mm. than a kind of a blockbuster. Mm. So I enjoyed the char- all her characteristics. Always characters are always really well developed, mm. and you have them that are uh, atypical and, and well studied. So I I in- enjoyed the film. I think it's um, it's a simple, clear coming of age story that is that is done really well. Um, unfortunately, both of the screenings have have have, have gone through. I'll move on to the film I saw, which you didn't see, Twilight of Shadows, by claim director Mohammed Dakhdar Hamin. I think it's one of his first film to screen at Dubai Film Festival. Uh, going in, I knew it took him, I think, uh, seven years to, mm-hmm. I think, raise funds for it. Uh, so it took a while to actually get to make this film. Um, I, I mean, that eve, it wasn't necessarily high on my list of films to see, but that evening there wasn't much of a choice, and I said, let me check it out. <laughs> and also, I read that Vangelis did the music score, so I'm okay. like, okay, I'm going to go and see it. I was disappointed, kind of, you know, like Musalsal, and you know, it's kind of, you know, it's set in Algiers and it jumps between the 40s and the 50s. But it was one of those kind of like, you know, what does colonizing mean, you know, 101. You know, it was just explaining it had it had the evil French major, you know, who's ready to kill all, you know, because they're all savages. We're here to civilize you kind of mm. character. And then obviously the re- Algerian rebel who wants the French to go out and, you know, leave my country. And then the ideal French, uh, you know, newly recruit soldier friend described him as, oh, he was on his gap here. Like, I thought that was funny. And, you know, he's there and he's trying to. You know, like, I think it was a sign of hope that, you know, not all French people are bad kind of thing. So it was just so, I felt it was just a very simplistic approach of trying to explain this. Some, you know, some scenes were shot, I mean, a lot of it was shot in the desert and, you know, the music was... You know, it was, it was well, but the whole thing, like, I was just rolling my eyes. It was, it just felt like, oh, come on, this is just really, um, I know, again, for something like, you know, mom and dad would really like. So is it like a, like a veteran uh, director kind of doing something and everyone overpraising you just because of his name? P- possibly, possibly, you know, because it's hard, you know, because you sound like a total jerk not liking it, which I probably <laughs> yeah. Mm. but it, it just did not. You know, I didn't leave. It was just really sappy, and so yeah, so I was kind of disappointed yeah. with that. Well, if, if uh, you can still watch it on the fifth, on Wednesday <laughs> and uh, give us your information. But interesting, this is a very good segue to our last two films, which are Starve Your Dog and Embrace the Serpent, with both, which both actually do uh, talk about. Um, uh, colonization and or at least internal colonization and the way of of hierarchy and working with people and, and learning and so forth um, but I but both are a lot better than uh, than tall of the shadow so we can start I guess with uh, the uh, Moroccan uh, film starve your dog which is another film by Hisham Lasri that is uh, as playing at the Dubai Film Festival one of them played last year the sea is behind and his work is um, I guess visual conceptual art kind of laid out in in in, in cinema film format and um, not uh, for me this this film uh, did weigh a little bit there was a lot of these monologues that kind of dragged on and took us away from it rather than adding to it um, but you had lots of different uh, kind of bits of information and concepts laid in there so overall it, it was a it was a, like all his films well thought out well thought out of there's a logic there there's a sense although for me i think it would have worked a lot better as an experimental theater piece mm. rather than cinema yeah, I agree. When you said that after we watched it, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I think maybe this would have been a better experience as, uh, you know, experimental yeah. theater. I, yeah, I found it very tedious. Like, yes. I understand what he was trying to say, and there were some comments, you know, social commentary, um, some ideas. But just overall, it just became quite tedious, and I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't, uh, it wasn't a pleasant experience. I didn't walk out saying, oh, you know, hey, you must go and see this. Yes. Like, I, I would 
Uh, for me, a little more. I did enjoy it. I do like his films. I do mm. like the ideas. Uh, but yes, it was it wasn't as strong as the ones before. Versus Embrace of the Serpent that mm. we saw, and I was mm. blown away. Mm. It is, uh, and, and, and contra- in, in comparison, it's a much younger director. Mm. Uh, and you can feel, you can see that in the film that mm. it was, it still had, it still needed some crafting to be done. But overall, I think it was a. a a, a much a, be, a better full-rounded uh, story mm. and, and, mm. And, and, and concept. Yeah, no, I mean, it looked beautiful, mm. and luckily the cinematographer was there to talk about it after the screening. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a journey through... Um, uh, the Amazon, the, the Amazon right, but yeah. told through di- two different yeah. times, through two different men. Uh, and... Uh, and, yeah, it's just... it's you, you get lost in it. You're flowing on the river, and it did look really beautiful and and it wasn't heavy with words mm. and and what was spoken definitely heavy with meaning heavy with meaning exactly so yes i'm glad i got to see this because yeah it kind of was on my radar for a while and never had a chance before so i'm glad yeah it was you know late night it was it's more than two hours long yeah. and I think uh, so far it might be one of my favorite films actually yeah it's definitely high up there like yeah. in, in in the top films so you can catch it again or you must catch it again it's playing on wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. So call in sick, run away from work, or take a day off and come see this, along with a few more um, uh, tomorrow. Because yeah, it's definitely worth seeing on the big screen. And as a final note to, to kind of lead to our tomorrow's chat about the art films, is that if you want to compare it the the, the Moroccan film, uh, again, as if you want to take from an artistic point of view, or or those films in general compared to South America, when we always do our films in this region, it's always kind of central, specific time and an area locked in versus South American, I know this because of the, the recent comparison I've been doing to their art-to-art mm. uh, work, is when they have a point which is still specific for them, but they produce it in such a way that it's globally mm. spanning. And, and I like that, and I really am impressed with the way they kind of see themselves as a unit, but as a whole. All right, and with that, we'll uh, end today's episode. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.